0: Today's reading is from uh, Romans 1, verses 1 through 17. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his early life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ uh, for all all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may mutually be encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles." I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is God's word. Well,
1: good morning. Um, Let me um, uh, lead us in prayer as we begin, as we come to God's word. Our Father, you are almighty. You are powerful. Father, in your power, please convince us of your power. The gospel is your powerful means to bring salvation to all who believe. Please convince us of that this morning and give us a deep confidence in your power. Amen. Well, uh, Matt asked me the question, so it's only uh, fair for me to ask you the question back. Can you think of a time that you were tempted to feel ashamed of the gospel? The, the Christian message we believe. Can you think of a time where you attempted tempted to just feel a bit cringed out by talking about it, embarrassed by it? just feeling like you didn't have confidence in it? Can you think of a moment like that? Uh, A friend actually told me this week that on New Year's Day, um, they had uh, old family friends over, and she's the only Christian there, Um, only Christian in her family, came to faith um, a few years ago. Um, She's talked to them all about her faith, and they know she's a Christian. And she told me on New Year's Day, she spent lunchtime being mocked for her faith, ridiculed. Um, what she believed, but so too, like, the kind of lifestyle choices that the gospel has impacted on her, like how she wants to use her time, her money, what her priorities are, the direction her career is going in. And she just, she said to me, I spent that lunchtime being ridiculed. And she said to me, we're in our 30s now. Aren't we too old for this kind of teasing? She had a miserable lunch, just felt like a complete outsider. It's tempting to feel ashamed of a gospel that brings that kind of reaction. I guess some of us will know exactly how she felt, just being made to feel tiny because of the gospel we believe. But others of us might not have had an experience like that, Uh, certainly not regularly, that kind of outright hostility. Actually, we, we might get the general feeling that people these days are quite inclusive and welcoming of difference. So if your point of difference is religious, you do you. But we're also probably aware that if those people around us kind of dug beneath the surface of what we believed, or we told them what we believed, the reaction might not be so inclusive. And so when the water cooler chat at works turns to that cultural hot potato topic, one on which the Christian belief really confronts the mainstream opinion, we can cringe inside. Just hoping the topic of conversation is going to move on quickly before what we believe in the gospel is exposed. Can you think of a time like that when you attempted to feel ashamed of the gospel? I can. It's hard, isn't it? We fear awkwardness. I guess we spend so much of our lives trying not to create an awkward situation in general, but talking about Jesus may well create an awkward situation. Or we fear being shut out of the group. I want, for example, I want that group of parents at the school gates to like me. Or I'd like to be in that fun group of people at work. Talking about the gospel will make that harder. Or we worry about how this will affect things at work, and we're confused. Is it actually okay to talk about my faith here? Will I lose out on career progression somehow if I do? We fear these things. But here's the question, what would it take to be unashamed of the gospel? Like Paul says in verse 16, if you've got to open Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul claims, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And when Paul says that, he knows what telling people about Jesus can bring. Listen to his experience. Um, If you'd like to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 11 on page 1166 on your Bibles. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 23 to 26. But keep a finger in Romans 1, please. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23 to 26. From halfway through verse 23, I am more. I have worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger of the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Huh. So when Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel, it's not empty words. It's not hollow bravado. He knows the fear of suffering harm because of the gospel. He's been there. So what would it take to feel that fear and feel unashamed? Well, let me offer three weak, fragile reasons to feel unashamed of the gospel to base your confidence in them. Weak reasons. Number one, cultural credibility. Cultural credibility. Now, not everyone, but I've noticed that um, some of my non-Christian friends in the past 10 years or so have done a complete 180 on their general impression of Christianity. Ten years ago, they'd be saying to me, "Um, we don't need Christianity anymore. We can say thank you and goodbye, and we can move forward without religion. But now, ten years later, they're pretty worried about where society is going. They're wondering what are the values my children are going to be brought up with. What's happening in our culture? They're feeling lost. They want to return to some of those traditional values. And that in me can kind of make me feel oh okay, I can feel confident to talk about my Christian faith to them a bit more now. But if you're placing your confidence in that, what about when it swings back in ten years? They do another 180. It's a weak place to place your confidence. Secondly, um, kind of. Inclusivity, cultural inclusivity, um, such a good thing in recent years, there's more of an emphasis all across society on inclusion. Uh, I've joined a rugby club um, down at Fulham the last year and a half. Uh, I was there for a few months before kind of, um, I guess, people found out or knew I was a Christian or I told them. Um, but overwhelmingly, all non-Christians there, their reaction has been, ah, that's really cool, man, or I've never met a Christian before. It's um, generally very positive. That can give me confidence. But what about when they dig beneath the surface and they find the bits they don't want to include about the gospel? It's a weak place to place your confidence in the gospel, in how people react to it. Or, third reason um, career security. Talked to a couple of people this week, um, asking the question how do you feel? Being a Christian at work, they say, you know, I started off age 21, 22, didn't really tell anyone, wasn't really sure um, if I had the confidence to do that in my position. But now I'm high enough uh, enough up now in my role to be a bit more open. Okay? But if you're placing your confidence in the gospel on your job position, that is very fragile and that can change very easily. So those are some reasons I felt can give more confidence in recent times. But do you see that they're weak places to place your ultimate confidence in? Because they can change so easily. Instead, I want to share with you Paul's secret to being unashamed of the gospel, despite the hardship that talking about it can bring. Verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So what would it take to be unashamed of the gospel? Two points I want to look at, look at today. Firstly, knowing the power of the gospel. And secondly, knowing the reach of the gospel. So, firstly, knowing the power of the gospel. Verse 16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. Power of God. That means it's God's power, it belongs to Him. And how powerful! Is God. I love that um, first song we sung today, the line, He spoke, creation came to be. Uh, On Monday, I got a kitten, uh, climbing all over the curtains, scratching everything. Uh, When I say, Stop that! When I speak, creation does not respond. (laughs) But when God speaks, the universe came into existence. Let there be light. The universe exists. Or think of Jesus in that boat, with the wind and the waves crashing around him, in danger of death from nature because of that storm, with a word, quiet, be still. It's completely calm. God's words have power we can barely get our heads around. I love the line in that song as well. There is salvation in his word. His voice has called us from the grave. Can you imagine how humiliating it would be to walk into a graveyard, stand in front of a gravestone and shout, Up! (laughs) But think of Jesus Christ outside his friend Lazarus' tomb with the body cold inside bellowing, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man rises. And when God speaks today through the gospel, he's raising people from the dead spiritually spiritually to find spiritual life in Christ. So if you're a Christian, that's what God has done in your life. He shouted, up! And he rose you from spiritual death to have spiritual life in Christ. He's done that for every single Christian here in this room. Through the power of his voice. God's word has spiritual power beyond anything else in this world. So what's the extent of God's power? It's total. He's the creator, the sustainer, the saviour, the judge. There is none greater. And how is it that our totally powerful God uses that power to save? What's his means? Think of someone you know who's not a Christian and just seems a million miles away from faith in Christ. What does our all-powerful God's means to save people like them? It's the gospel that is hearing that Jesus is our savior. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Gospel, the word literally in Greek means good news. It's a proclamation word, a message word. Kind of like in ancient times, if a, a new emperor was crowned, someone would go into the marketplace and, and kind of proclaim that message for all to hear. It's good news proclaimed. You might not be someone who call themselves a Christian believer, but this Christian good news is all about Jesus. It starts with an honest look at ourselves. I'm not the perfect person God made me to be. I've sinned against God. I deserve his judgment. The good news is Jesus came to save us, to die the death our sins deserved, to rise again to new life three days later, that whoever believed in him could be forgiven and given new spiritual life. Will you believe in him? And that message of the gospel, that message that Jesus is our saviour, is how God brings his power to save it's effective, and it's transforming. If you're a Christian here today, think back, for me please, to when you first heard the gospel and the effect it had on you. Personally, I think of a little, as a little boy, and I prayed the Lord's Prayer with my family before bed each night, well, most nights. And through the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray, I learned and heard I can call God my father. I learned that his name, who he is, is special. It's hallowed. I learned that I could be forgiven my sins by God. I think, uh, being a bit older as a teenager, and hearing Jesus' words in the Bible, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came like a Jesus came like a doctor to the sick. Because of those words, I believe Jesus had the cure I needed for my sins, which was his forgiveness. You see, it's through God's word that his power to save is unleashed in our lives. Why not take time today, maybe later on, to think back to how God has unleashed his power in your life through people who first told you about Jesus. The gospel is the power of God to save. And that's confidence-giving news because it means God is the source of the power. Uh, My car key, battery, it's one of these fancy ones where there's no actual key. It's all um, battery-operated. And for a few weeks, battery's been low. So you turn the car on, it says, uh, car battery level low. And I think, oh, yes, I must order a new one soon and then forget um, and so for recent weeks, it's been very hit and miss if the car will turn, open, uh, turn on. So you press the button over here, down here, down here. You're kind of doing it everywhere. Very hit and miss if it will work. But ordered a new battery, put it in, and now it actually works. The car opens and it turns on. Because the new battery is the source of the power. So too, when the gospel is proclaimed, it works because God is the source of the power See, too easily we feel the gospel is only as powerful as my confidence I feel in the moment, my intelligence and in how I explain it, or only as powerful as the kind of the preacher's charisma who I'm going to get them to come and hear. It's nonsense because we're looking to the wrong source of power. The gospel is as powerful as God; He is the source of its power. So think back to that person who seems so far from becoming a Christian. My grandmother is 90. It's old enough to be quite stuck in your ways. Is the gospel powerful for someone like her? Yes, because God is the source of the power. How could we be ashamed of the gospel when the power behind it is God Himself? But not just that, secondly, consider the reach of the gospel. Know the reach of the gospel. Who's it for? Verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You see, as Paul writes in the first century, belief in God is breaking out from just Israel to the Gentiles too, or non-Jewish people. So a major theme of the rest of the letter of Romans is Paul arguing that both Jews and Gentiles are equal receivers together of God's grace. They're on equal footing. And Paul is writing because he wants that Roman church, which is quite divided, to be united together, Jews and Gentiles together, so that they're ready to send him off to the wild west of the Mediterranean, Spain, uh, to preach the gospel to the kind of barbarian, uncivilized horde over there. Uh, So Paul wants to tell them that the gospel is not just powerful to one group or one type of people, but all, Jew, Gentile, um, sophisticated Roman or wild west Spaniard, you name it. He says it's for everyone, Jew first, then the Greek. And Paul's arguing here in the first century, the gospel is powerful to reach universally. Here we are, 20 centuries later, how's Paul's thesis getting on? Here's a map of a Christian, uh, spread of Christian belief across the world, Uh, the the darker, the shade, um, the higher percentage of Christians in the population. Now, I'm sure there are some historical reasons uh, why the spread is what it is, but at the very least, it proves the point of verse 16. The gospel is powerful to everyone, all types of people. Its reach is universal across the whole world because the source of the power is God Himself. So, doesn't this put a check on the way that we easily think that some people aren't even worth trying to speak to about Jesus? Oh, we think that person is just, they're too far back. They're too uninterested. They're just not the type. It'd be embarrassing to even try. No, <laughs> because if God is a source of power in the gospel, then its reach is universal. It's powerful for all types of people. So why would we doubt the power of a gospel like that? Why would we be ashamed of the message we have to share? Look around this room today. There's all sorts of us here today. Look around Commission, around London. People in all sorts of areas of London are being reached with the power of the gospel. I know from Dagenham to Fulham, Haringey to Longheath, young, old, from all types of backgrounds and places. The gospel is powerful to reach to everyone. You might not be someone who'd call themselves a Christian believer here today. Please, please, please don't think that you're not the type of person for Jesus. Jesus came to save every single type of person out there, no matter what their background, no matter what their past. So will you believe that he came to save you? And you can have confidence in this good news, in this gospel, because it's God's power to save everyone who believes. So friends, be unashamed of it, despite the fear of what might happen if you speak about it, because it's the power of God. Let me tell you about a friend of mine Um, who was a a Christian at a party, a kind of uh, social group type thing. She was the uh, only Christian in the room, and she'd only talked to one other person in that room, one close friend, about her faith before. It's a big group. She's quite intimidated to kind of come out as a Christian, so to speak. But she deliberately thought to herself, I want to be unashamed because I know how powerful God is. So she said to herself, I'm going to say something about my faith, and I'm going to see what happens. So kind of feeling a bit intimidated herself when she's leaving the party. Um, she says, I'm going home now uh, because I'm on creche tomorrow morning at my church. That was it. Uh, and someone turns to her and goes, oh, are you a Christian? She goes, yes. The person goes, can I come? She'd never spoken to this woman before, never met her before. Uh, my friend says, yeah, sure, uh, meet me outside the, the tube. Um, next morning, she, she waits outside the tube. And she's never going to turn up. She's never going to remember. And she's there. So she came to church. That woman heard the gospel. She came to a Christianity Explore course, a kind of um, Christianity Explore course, uh, heard the gospel. She made friends with Christians. She heard the gospel. Uh, The the two of them started reading the Bible together. um, She heard the gospel. And she came to believe that Jesus was her saviour. Ten years later, that woman is still running the race. She's still growing in her love for the Lord. She's experiencing the power of God in her salvation because she heard the gospel. And there was a Christian in her life who was prepared to be unashamed, even though she was intimidated. So this is not a gospel to be ashamed of. It's powerful. Here's an idea. Why not knock on your next-door neighbor's door and invite them to church? What could happen? Maybe at work, um, you haven't really talked about your faith to people. Try asking someone tomorrow morning, Um, how was your weekend? And when they ask it back, you can say, oh, I went to church because I'm a Christian and see where the conversation goes. And when that water cooler chat turns to that kind of cultural hot potato topic and part of you hopes the conversation will move on quickly, you can say, as a Christian, I like to consider what Jesus' perspective would be on it and see what happens. And when it's your turn to be made to feel this big because of what you believe as a Christian, and when you're being mocked by your faith, remember God's power. Uh, My friend I spoke about at the beginning who had that horrible experience on New Year's Day lunch, and she said to me, what keeps me going in those moments? Is in my head, I just keep on thinking, Jesus is God, and Jesus is good. Jesus is God, and Jesus is good. Because the source of the power of the gospel is not in you, It's in God. And he is the almighty. So don't be ashamed. Believe in it and tell people about it. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let's pray. Oh, our heavenly father, we praise you for your power you for the mercy of your power that's worked in our lives to save us, to spiritually raise us from the dead to find life in Christ. We pray that having experienced your power, knowing it to be true, knowing the gospel to be your power to save, that we'd be unashamed of it, confident in your power, no matter what the cost, no matter what the shame that people might think it brings, we'd be unashamed because we know it's your power that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Amen.